As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Friends and welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. We've got Week Eight ranks. I am Chris Welsh. That is Brandon Funston. We have got in spirit Jake Seeley. He's somewhere out there in the ethers. His ranks are floating around, and we will pick against them. We will be doing our versus Jake's ranks. If you want to check out and verse yourself against Jake's ranks, or just get locked in, go over to theAthletic.com today. Get a subscription, and you can access the ranks and waivers every single week amongst a gajillion incredible articles and things that The Athletic has. It is uh, beyond worth the money that you pay for. There's so much great content, uh, not only just for your entertainment purposes, but for improving in the betting, in the fantasy world, all that stuff. Go and check it out today. Though I will tell you, Jake put the candy rankings on, which I knew he would do for Halloween. And I definitely try to be the person, Brandon, that is like, just let everybody do their thing. You know, like, don't judge their opinions and stuff like that. Jake and I, we poked around about that type of stuff. Though I will say, his candy ranks are wild. But I fully expected it to be, that. that is a very Jake thing. Like, the number one, I'm just going to reveal his number one. The nerd cluster (laughs) by... Those are disgusting. I've had one. My kid got it for like a movie. They're horridly gross. And to think that that's the number one, something's wrong with Jake. Yeah, he is a, and he's he's justified this that his metabolism or system needs the sugar or whatever. But he is he's all about it. Like his his breakfast cereals are very you know his top of the list for breakfast cereals very sugary. Same with his with his Halloween rankings. Like I can't do the amount of sugar he can do, and I'm pretty much if I'm going to, you know, treat myself, it's going to be chocolate. You know, it's going to be some kind of a chocolate thing. But like he has a lot of those, like just non chocolate, very high sugar candies, and I, I just can't do it. I'm a little bit in that. Like I love sour things. I've got way more of a sweet tooth so I can handle some of those. So, and I'm not trying to pick apart. Like he's got, I mean, he picked sour patch watermelon slices over normal sour patch, which is absolutely bonkers, but he's got some of normal ones like Reese's Butterfinger and stuff like that. But I mean, the top 10 
Twizzlers and then the Nerds Gummy Clusters. We just got a different palette out there. Yeah. But my bad take, and I and I think I just kind of have some of these. I am a pineapple on pizza type of guy, which is going to make people hate me. But I'm also, I don't hate candy corn. I've never hate. It's not a choice. I, I wouldn't go to choose it, uh, and I would minimally eat it. But I would not put it on the worst candies, and it also made his worst candy, which I'm not surprised it made his worst candy. So that's kind of my bad take. But me liking candy corn versus the number one Halloween candy being nerd gummy clusters, what's worse? Yeah, it's weird that that one actually just rises to the top, but I hate candy corn, and it would be on my worst candy corn do you really hate candy? i, I, I just, really I, I really hate it it's just <laughs> i really do and i'm not a and i'm not a coconut guy so i'd probably put coconut like a almond joy or something in my in my bottom but like i think universally yeah, like candy corn's probably if we're if we're doing a just a cross section of society candy corn's going to be the most common bottom five yeah. lister for sure Okay, yeah, and that's fine. I'm not I, like I I don't get butt hurt about seeing it there. I understand that, but to think that like that was the number one, and just some that needed to be higher. I mean, York peppermint patty at twenty, those are phenomenal. You know what the most underrated? I'm just throw this out here. I don't know if you'll have one. The most underrated candy in my mind, and I don't even know if they make them anymore. Is Fifth Avenue. Mm. I thought Fifth Avenue were phenomenal. That's like a top ten candy. Yeah, that rem- you just remind don't see me anymore. what that was a uh, kind of a mix of. It's it was kind of like a butterfinger, okay, but it was a yeah. little bit more of a it. You know how butterfinger like you bite into it and it's all the wafer and the, it gets yeah. everywhere. Like it, it was a little bit more chocolate on the Fifth Avenue with that butterfinger type of. Crunch. See, that's what I don't like about butterfinger. I like the flavor of butterfinger, but as you start to chew it, it kind of gels up and congeals into this almost like tooth glue. You know, like you got to Yeah, have, Fifth Avenue doesn't have that. You would probably love it. I The one that I think is underrated, one of my favorite candy bars is a whatchamacallit, and they don't even make it in uh, Halloween see, size. What is that? I don't know. What, what is that like? The Is it like the caramel? And It's got it's got a very small amount of caramel, a very small amount of peanut butter, and it's got like kind of like these a more compact sort of rice crispy sort of center. Um Okay. Yeah, it's not like uh, it's not like a Nestle's. It's more it's more compact Rice Krispies. That's kind of like a base layer where it has a thin layer of caramel, kind of peanut butter, and then it's all kind of wrapped around a thin layer of chocolate. Mm. So uh, they just don't. I mean, it's it's luckily it's still around. Like I keep waiting for it just to be discontinued because no one ever talks about it. But I think there's a decent amount of people like me that just just eat it and don't uh, and don't ballyhoo it so much. I think I might have to go have. I don't think I've ever had one in my life. I'll have one uh, for you. Okay, I'll do it for do you. For me, uh, we can we can do that, uh, and you can get all your candy takes over uh, on the article. That's there. But uh, the most important thing to tell everybody: if you have a uh, child, make sure to get your parent tax. That's very important. Yes, I've explained daddy parent tax. tax. Yep. Yeah, I uh, I walked around two Halloweens ago with my kid, and I was talking about it, and then we walked up to a house with a bunch of adults hanging out there, and I said because my kid didn't believe me. And I said, parent tax, that's real. And every adult agreed. So now, <laughs> you know, my child knows that there's a parent tax and your children should know as well, but just, I don't know. I'm probably not going to be parent taxing the nerd gummy clusters. Like, J. yeah. And, and you have to tell them that unfortunately you live in one of the highest States for, for parent tax that there is. So yeah, but unfortunately <laughs> our parent tax is quite a bit higher. <laughs> they than raised others. the rate this year. I'm sorry. Sorry, kids. 
Yeah, <laughs> I'm very, very sorry, but like this is like the millionaire's tax to uh, candy, so I'm gonna have to take 50%. So there you go. All right, uh, I know you guys weren't here for that, but you get a little bit of it. We do have the ranks. Uh, we got a little bit of news. We've got the ranks across the board. We will be going up against Jake's quarterback, running back, wide receiver. We will get a uh, tight end sleeper from Brandon here in just a little bit. The interesting thing on the news, it's not going to be long because there was this long list of players that did not practice on Wednesday and almost all of them got back in. So what I'm getting at, we might have led, if we had done this show a day earlier, we might have led the show with the concerns about Tyreek Hill all of a sudden because Tua was talking about, oh, I don't know, maybe we don't have him. And this weird thing popped up, but he practiced on Thursday and did some of his high intensity stuff. Majority of others as well, that anybody that Raheem Mostert had that tag on him, he was able to get out there. Curtis Samuel had the tag. Jimmy Garoppolo with the concussion stuff. Kareem Hunt, they all returned to practice, which are great signs for a majority of these players to play. But there is um, one player that popped up to today that I didn't even realize. That's Brock Purdy with the 49ers. Brock Purdy is in uh, concussion protocol, who also Roshan Johnson is, by the way. We're in like week two of that. But Brock Purdy is in concussion protocol, and the it's he's not out yet. But the belief is it's going to be really close up to when he could get out of it. And Sam Darnold is being prepared to be the starter for the 49ers, and that is worrisome. And Jake's ranks now reflect that it didn't last night. He's got Sam Darnold at 15 this week. I had Purdy way down. I, I'll be honest with you. We were actually going to talk about Purdy here, me and uh, Jake's difference, because I'm down on Purdy this week. But now Darnold is about where I had Purdy. What are your thoughts on Sam Darnold as a quarterback for the 49ers and what this might do uh, to George Kittle, Ayuk, uh, even Christian McCaffrey? Well, I just think we're going to see Sam Darnold in the in the you know the lens of uh, of Kyle Shanahan and. It's going to shed, you know, he seems to cast every quarterback in their best light. So I think I'm very curious. I would really like to see Sam Darnold in this offense. Uh, you know, I'd like to see it with with Debo Samuel out there as well and everybody just being 100%. Um, but regardless, if Sam Darnold goes out there and throws for 250 to 275 in an efficient manner, throws a couple touchdowns, looks good, and they beat Cincy, like – uh, you know, I think it's very interesting because right now we, we have said a lot of, you know, Brock Purdy is a system quarterback, and I think he did so well for such a long duration of time that we started saying, okay, we got to give this guy some respect. But it would be interesting if Sam Darnold went out there and showed out, in, in, you know, like like he rarely ever has before. And Purdy's decision-making was Jimmy Garoppolo level. Mm -hmm. If you, I mean, it, this was it. the most reminiscent of Jimmy Garoppolo was what pretty, I and mean, the, the throws that he made were absolutely frustrating. The difference is pretty does a really good job about being able to move around the pocket and find some separation and he can run a bit, but the decision-making on the throws is made even more apparent because he cannot check down. Like for them to not target Brandon Ayuk in the second half was uh, insanity. It was outside of the betting market. It was absolutely insanity that you can't figure out how to get him the ball. And he just can't go through progressions. That will That's what will be interesting about a veteran quarterback like Darnold is with the 49ers offense, you just need to not make mistakes. And if you can go through progressions, it's going to help. And that could bode well for Darnold. I don't think there's a downgrade to any of the players. I think this could be very good for George Kittle. I don't know about Ayuk because 
that I, I really don't have a good feel for because Sam Darnold might move through progressions more and more. And Ayuk benefited because it's like Purdy would look at him once and throw him the ball. But I think Kittle can benefit from this. I think McCaffrey will benefit. Um, it's a it's not an easy matchup out there, but you know, Brock Purdy probably going to have to come out of the lineups. And and maybe for some people that was a quarterback one this week. And do, do, man, if you had Purdy, do you who would you rather start this week, Sam Darnold? Or let's say Jordan Love. Because let's say you had like Purdy and Love and you were going back and forth and Purdy's out and you could pick up Sam Darnold. Which one would you rather go with? Uh, you know, I'd probably stick with uh, I'd probably stick with Jordan Love because it doesn't require a roster move. So that's basically what you're doing. But I understand what you're saying. Um, but how are you picking up Sam Darnold, right? You got to cut Jordan Love? I mean, that's 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 not a move you make because Sam Darnold is is a not for long kind of play, you know. So yeah, but I, I hear what you're saying. Like I just don't know that I would feel confident. I get it so much more appreciably, uh, you know, have my ceiling raised that much more that I'd be willing to make the roster move that it would require. Like I just wasn't into Purdy. I don't know if I need to be into Sam Darnold, but you do get into that like back end of quarterbacks. It's kind of a lot of the same. Yeah. So let's talk about some of them. Let's get into the ranks here. We've got Jake's ranks in front of us, just giving you a little bit of a taste. The tippy top, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson sit at the top. No surprise. One, I was hoping we were going to get to pick apart if Jake was down on him is I love CJ Stroud this week. I've got CJ Stroud at like seven against that matchup with Carolina. So I'm, I'm all about that, but he's got Stroud at nine. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it's going to leave some questions that are a little bit further down on the quarterback market for us. And it takes us first up to yours, where you have got Russell Wilson at 15 versus 19 for Jake. So let's talk about your big quarterback difference with Jake this week. Yeah, neither one of us have him in, you know, 12 team starter league um, uh, range. But I will say, like, you know, the last time that Russell Wilson played Kansas City, he threw for 95 yards. And so I get being down on Russell Wilson, but he's actually been a top 10, depending on the scoring format, he's been a top 10 fantasy quarterback this year. The Kansas City Chiefs are right in the middle in terms of fantasy points allowed to the quarterback position. I The, the week that he had his worst week against Kansas City, he was still quarterback 22 in a 30 quarterback week because there was only two teams on buys he runs he's like seventh or eighth in rushing yards uh he's like fourth in passing tds i just think he's gonna do enough in this game to get into the middle of the teens because that's what he's been doing consistent well 
mostly consistently this year. He had two really solid games against Kansas City last year from a fantasy perspective. But I think kind of thinking, you know, this is a little bit of a gut of me just thinking they're going to go into their bye and they got Buffalo on the other side. And if they lose this game in in ugly fashion, I'm wondering about Russell Wilson's viability going forward as their starting quarterback. They're just going to, you know, throw their cards back in and, and, you know, ask for a new hand here and, and just, you know, so I think Russell Wilson's probably got some urgency in this game to at least make this game competitive and to put his best foot forward. So I'm just going to bank on that, but I'm also banking on what we've seen so far. An average fantasy defense against quarterbacks against a guy who's been a borderline QB one this year. I'm a little bit indifferent on this one. If I'm being honest with you, like I think your logic makes a lot of sense. I think like, you know, maybe some, there might not be a lot that's like banking in that direction that it's going to happen, but like what needs to be done versus a team that's going to be playing from behind and needing to throw all of those things make sense. My problem is he hasn't gotten over 225 yards since week three. He's had three straight weeks of under 200 passing yards he faced these Chiefs a couple weeks ago and failed to have 100 passing yards and threw a couple picks. He can run a little bit. It's just like he hasn't done anything recently that helps it. I also don't think he is uh, very good. And I don't know. Like, I think it could happen what you're talking about, but everything is played against it. I am higher than Jake, but I am not at 15. I'm in the middle. I think I have him at 17 right now. So I'm like in the middle of where both of you guys are uh, currently yeah. at. Uh, and the only reason we're yeah, talking about Russell Wilson's because I have hardly any disagreements. So like a four to five ranking spot disagreement is as big as it gets this week. You know what? Great point on the quarterbacks because I look at the same thing. I don't have exceptional disagreements when I was looking through it. Like, uh, you know, maybe one. No, see, I, like he has golf at seven. I have golf at eight. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, he's got at eight. I had at nine. Like we're in the same general vicinity of a lot of these players. Here was one that I had. I'm curious your take on it. This is a much deeper play, and this actually might be kind of similar to your uh, your Russell Wilson feel. Where I'm not sure there's like a gajillion things that are in place for this guy to be even that good. But I I like Mac Jones a little bit this week. Hmm. And Mac Jones has multiple 100-yard passing games, but the last two weeks he's gone over 200. The last week against Buffalo was his best, where he had 272, 25 of 30 with two touchdowns. He's done a good job of you know keeping defenses out of his face and not taking on. I mean, Russell Wilson's getting sacked like seven times a game right now. But you're also going up against a defense on the Dolphins that have given up the third most passing touchdowns over the last month and uh, the six most passing yards to quarterbacks over the last month. So, I mean, you can pass on this team. Maybe their offense is a little bit stalled. Patriots are playing a little bit better, getting a little bit healthier. Kendrick Bourne has been good. I kind of think this might be just one of those lower teens, two touchdowns, 250 yards. Like, I think he can way outperform. Maybe this is more in the lines of DFS or it's in the super flex range. I kind of like Mac Jones a little bit more this week. I've got him at 19. Jake has him at 26. I know he's not exciting, but what do you think about Mac Jones this week? Where Break the tie. Um, you know, I think there's some momentum that maybe he's carrying over from that last week's game. I thought he was excellent down the stretch. I mean, he had to make some big plays, and 
maybe he maybe he you know can carry some of that over. Like there should be some confidence that comes out of that against one of the you know what we thought was one of the best teams in the league, and now Buffalo's going to have some question marks. But like he had to make big play after big play in the fourth quarter to get that team you know to victory. So I saw enough with him to do that. And you mentioned the deficiencies of Miami. I think it's it's fair. Like I'm not in love. I'm not in love with a lot of quarterbacks this week. Uh, once you get outside the top ten. You know, I'm looking at Russell Wilson as viable, and like Mac Jones is probably every bit as viable as Russell Wilson. Yeah, because it's like maybe you could Gardner Minshew's got a tough matchup this week. I don't know. Like there, there are some not the best quarterbacks that have some decent matchups to play, but you're then living in this world of like Desmond Ritter or Kenny. You know, I know Bogman likes Kenny Pickett this week against Jacksonville, and they seem to want to throw the ball a little bit more. He's got to be efficient, but um, I don't know. I don't think Mac Jones is any any different than Kenny Pickett this week. And I think they have some exceptionally big differences as far as ranks go going over to running back, running back. If you want the preview, uh, Christian McCaffrey leads the way for Jake. You've got Alvin Kamara has got a, f- a phenomenal matchup this week. I actually really like Calvin Kamara, Alvin Kamara. He's at four Gibbs at five. My favorite. I want to play in DFS. Brees Hall makes the top 10 Raheem Mostert work today. He's in the top 10. That's where that goes. But we start to look at some differences and we're looking more in the RB two difference territory and we have a flip situation, but we'll talk about them individually. Your first one is Gus Edwards, who you've got at 22 versus Jake at 29. And I'll just tell you right off the bat, I'm kind of with you because this is a great running matchup. The only problem is, is it's like, who is it? Who is it going to be? Are they going to do the justice Hill thing? They moved away from it last week. Can they give Gus Edwards more or is it Lamar Jackson? You can run against this team. That's the key for the Ravens with against the Cardinals. It's just who will it end up being? You seem to side with Gus Edwards. Yeah, I side with Gus Edwards. I just want the 15 carries that he's that he's been normally getting. You know, he had 16 carries, I think, last week. He gets like 14 to 16 most most weeks. Um, and, you know, I bet on or I was on the Ken Walker over rush attempts last week because it was 16 and a half. I'm like, look at Arizona's given up like 25, 26 rush attempts per game to the running back position. Why is that? Because teams get up on Arizona and you can run on this team. And when you're up and you can run on the team, you just keep doing that. And I, the way Baltimore looked last week, I expect that to be more the same. And why run Lamar Jackson when you can run somebody else, you know, and let them like a big guy like Gus Edwards be in harm's way. But I think in my mind, I'm seeing 15 really good carries from Gus Edwards, averaging four to four and a half yards per carry. And I think he has a decent chance for a touchdown because I think Baltimore will move into the red zone. So I'm factoring in the idea that he's going to, you know, have a good chance to score a touchdown in this game. He's RB 24 and half PPR leagues right now. So this isn't to me a big leap from what he's been kind of delivering to this point so far. I'm giving a couple extra spots up in the rankings because it's a it's a beneficial matchup. Uh, on the inverse, so you guys have kind of switched these. You have Gus Edwards at 22. He's got him at 29. Not one for one. You at 29 have put Kareem Hunt where Jake has him at 20. Now, he was uh, in practice today, so that's good. Looks like he'll be the, the main guy, but maybe the matchup is obviously the bigger question here. You guys are pretty heavily different here. You're like mid-flex where he is mid RB two. So let's talk about why you don't like Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Cause I don't think Kareem Hunt's just going to become the bell cow. Now that Jerome Ford is out. I think we'll see Pierre strong in the mix, but 
The Seattle defense is good. And I, I you know, I've I, I watch them every week. I watch every play. They have a lot of playmakers. Bobby Wagner's really made a big difference. Uh, Jer- Jaron Reed in the running game, like they're giving up 2.87 yards per carry to the running back position. So uh, they faced, you know, every running backs had a hard time running against this team. I think Kareem Hunt's going to be the same. And, you know, a lot of it is made about Kareem Hunt in the passing game, his skills. He does have them, but he only has five catches so far to this point. So um, I just don't see a huge upside in, in this game. And you got PJ Walker at quarterback, like, I don't think this is going to be Cleveland just grounding and pounding this game. I don't think they're going to have any luck doing that at all. I think the Seahawks will be happy to let PJ Walker try to beat him with his arm. They're not going to let Kareem Hunt run, you know, run for appreciable yardage. They haven't been letting anybody run for appreciable yards, but certainly in the setup for this game, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I um, I'm kind of with you on the I, like. I want Kareem. I, I thought Kareem Hunt has just looked good. I did and- too. Yeah. I, I, I was bemoaning, I, I may have already done this and I apologize. I know people have heard me say it in other spots, but I was bemoaning. I had picked as a prop last week under 55 and a half rushing yards for Jerome Ford. And he literally broke it on the very first run. And I was like, okay, I'm a big dumb idiot. But the next 10 carries, five yards. Yeah. Five yards on the next 10 carries. My logic was right on Jerome Ford. And I've liked how, but you know, he, but literally he did what his problem has been. He's a, one of the most uh, explosive breakaway backs when he can do it. And that is why it's tough to make those bets. But otherwise he was kind of, you could take away like two carries of Ford and it's a completely different season for him. It's, it's every game under 35 rushing yards prop. That's what it is. But Kareem Hunt looks like the complete back. He looks like he's good to go again. But this offense is stuttered right now. Without, I mean, not that Watson makes it that good, but P.J. Walker, it's weird. I don't know if they're going to be playing in a position where they can heavily run. So I, I kind of lean a little bit more on your side of the uh, of the Kareem Hunt stance. My running back for the week, also a little bit tougher. But I liked what I saw out of Najee Harris coming out of the bye week and how the team ended up using him. So our difference is here. Uh, me and Jake, I have Najee Harris at 22 this week. He's got him at 32. So barely a flex option. I'm talking RB2. One of the things that stood out to me, and maybe, and this is probably some of the reasons, by the way, the team has wanted to use him more. A, coming out of the bye, you saw more carry usage for him, and you saw him back in the passing game, which was huge. They had three for three on the targets. But why more usage for um for Najee Harris. Well, after this past week, he is 13th in the NFL in breakaway yards for RBs, which was shocking to me. Also, tied for the six most design runs that went for over 15 plus yards. So that, I mean, that obviously ties into the, um, the breakaway yards. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. 
With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Both of those things still show us, like, this is a good back. We just need to get him some open space. Need to give him some open space like they can with Jalen Warren. And they used him more. The other benefit, which could go in the favor of Jalen Warren, but I want to bank that they seem more comfortable with him in the passing game again. Jags giving up the literal most receptions to running backs over the last month. They are giving up all the receptions. So maybe it plays to both of them. It just feels like we can get into that 20 touch territory with Najee Harris. And I think the team feels a little committed to it. So I like Najee Harris to have a better week this week. And we're going to go RB2 for it, which is firmly against where Jake is. So again, breaking the tie, uh, what side are you sitting on? Yeah, it's funny you talk about that breakaway stuff. I remember doing a sword on Stathead, and it was for you know a certain length of run. I think it was you know I was looking at a prop and it was like how many times did they you know allowed over twelve yards, uh, you know a carry of twelve yards. Anyways, Najee Harris popped up at towards the top of the list, and I, was, I had to do a double take. I was kind of surprising, but um, I have met RB twenty four this week, so I'm definitely more in your camp. And I think the thing that I was heartened by was remember they went into the bye and everybody thought that coming out of the bye. It could be Jalen Warren that comes out of the bye in sort of that lead role. And in in fact, I thought that was possible. Yeah, it was. And it was completely the opposite. You know, Najee ended up having a bigger role than he had had previously, kind of like right before the bye. So like it was almost like Pittsburgh decided to double down on Najee Harris. And uh, I don't have that concern that there's this Jaws music coming for Najee Harris from Jalen Warren. And <laughs> so, yeah, I'm uh, he's a, he's a back end RB, two for me. You have him just a little bit higher, but I, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, I'm glad that you were with me on that one. And that, that was my biggest takeaway. That was what I, I said, you know, coming out of the bio was like, we're going to get one of two things, I believe. More Jalen or more Najee. And I wasn't really sure which way it was going to go. I did lean that it was going to go more Warren, but they just went heavier into Najee. And, and maybe it was an aberration that Jalen Warren wasn't involved as much in the passing game. This seems like a game that one of these two are going to benefit. But I think either way, you know, the the heavier usage with Najee Harris, the ability to throw the ball a little bit more with uh, Deontay Johnson back and um and Pickens looking good that maybe opens up the running game so you know that, that's where I sit Jake does not let's go over to wide receivers a little preview uh, on Jake's ranks for the wide receivers if I can get over to it Tyreek Hill still number one AJ Brown way up there Jamar Chase I actually think is a really good bet this week against the 49ers Puka makes the top 10 and you actually have Puka very close to Cooper Cup on his list one of my favorites on this is Adam Thielen, number 10 wide receiver on his ranks. Make sure you go to theathletic.com if you want to check out the entire list. But let's take a look at where we differ. And this is a big one. You have an almost wide receiver one versus Jake, who barely has this guy. He's literally the last spot of a 12-team wide receiver two. Terry McLaurin, you've got it 14 versus Jake's 24. Yeah, I mean, I'm just... I'm on another kind of eight catch 86 yard performance like he had at Philadelphia in week four Terry McLaurin for whatever reason seemingly likes to go against this Philadelphia defense last year he was over 100 yards in both of the meetings uh, average seven catches in those games so uh, you look at what he's done lately and I've you know, kind of been, he's been jumping off the screen to me. He's been over 80 yards in three of his last four games. Expect Sam Hell and company are going to have to throw the ball a decent amount. So 
I think the I think the catch volume is going to be good. I'd be curious. I'm gonna after the show, gonna have to go and check out his receptions prop. But I've, if it's if it's five and a half or six and a half, I might be on it because um, I think they're gonna have to throw a lot. And you look at Terry. Uh, Sam Howell's been targeting him an awful lot and been successful throwing him the ball and looking at the recent history against Philadelphia, it's, it's paid off. So I like McLaur- McLaurin as a, as a upper end wide receiver too this week, for sure. His reception prop hasn't dropped, but the receiving yards are 56 and a half. Ooh. And I, I, I think I like, I like that, that one too. a lot. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're doing our, this is the mini uh, betting uh, podcast that me and uh, that me and Brandon yeah, do from time I'm, I'm to time. I'm filling out my spreadsheet where I where I log all these things. So yeah, he Go has hit that. <laughs> he has hit that in three of the last four weeks. By the way, that receiving yard prop. He has gone over eighty yards in three of the last four games. He's averaged over ten yards per catch in the last. And he is also. You can take a look at this as well. The longest yard, the longest reception, he has gone uh, over 30. Actually, he's gone over 22 for four straight weeks. 31, 22, 32, 24. Here's the deal. Big plays. Three of those four games, he's had at least nine targets, at least 80 yards. There's been one outlier in there. And then you're going in uh, on a pretty good matchup. So I'm... I'm kind of I'm kind of with you on that one. And Jake's got him down there pretty far. Let me see where I actually have him. Because I want to say... I've got McLaurin in the teens. I don't think I have him as high as you do, but yeah, I've got him at like 18. So yeah, I'm, that's, I'm that's kind of, I'm a little bit stronger than most, but I, I don't think he should be outside the top 20. Um, you know, so that's where I was like, Jake has him as a barely wide receiver too. Uh, at least you're, you're a little bit more in the, uh, you know, solid stamp him as a wide receiver two range. 56 and a half though. So remember that for your bets. Uh, next one coming up here. This is uh, you guys inverse T Higgins. You've got it 39, not as a startable wide receiver three. Jake has got him as 30. So a wide receiver three going up against the 49ers who have, um, you know, be honest, they've struggled in past defense. Their defense has been bad in general. They're not getting the same pressure that they usually do. Nick Bosa um, not getting the sacks that anyone's looking for. And you can't literally cannot give Joe Burrow uh, time. That's just what you can't do. So there's a part of me that does lean on this T Higgins side, but why are you out on Higgins? Uh, well, because outside of the Baltimore game in week two, he is six for 24. He's got six of 24 targets. He has 60 mm-hmm. yards in those four games. So he's averaging 15 yards per game. He's had one good game and we're almost halfway through the year. We kind of have to start calling yeah. a spade a spade. Like who in, in, who wants to put T Higgins in their lineup right now against San Francisco and San Francisco, they have struggled, but number one receivers have done well against San Francisco. Number two receivers have been pretty spotty. So, um, and right now I'm not even sure you can call T Higgins the number two Tyler Boyd's been out targeting him uh, over the last few weeks considerably. It just, you know, there's been drops issues. He's dealing with a ribs injury as well. Uh, It's just not going good right now. And, there's no way I'm going to call a guy a wide receiver three when we have three straight weeks of abhorrent play that you would just would not want to put him in your lineup right now unless you really had to. So to me, that's not a wide receiver three ranking. That's a, okay, that's a flex play if I have to at this point. Yeah, see, it's, it's an interesting take too because Lenore is usually that number two corner and Lenore gives up big plays. He's actually a pretty good, like, you know, play to play type of guy, but you can get him on a big play. 
T. Higgins isn't making big plays. That the the safety coverage with the 49ers is absurd. Down the middle is a hard thing to do with guys like Warner. So you've got it that and that's why, you know, when you can get that break and you can get a number one wide receiver on Lenore, you, you know, you can get the big plays. And that's where Jamar Chase is gonna thrive moving around, whether it's uh Ward or Lenore, but he can kind of lock up on some shorter spots and T Higgins just hasn't been getting the separation. So, well, and I also I think a little the bit... big plays take time to set up. And right now, I mean, between Joe Burrow's health, which he maybe will come back off the bye and be completely healthy, but in that offensive line, they, they don't have the luxury of a lot of time to set up big plays. So that is also, you know, not something working in their favor. Yeah, and I'm I'm in the again. It's like I'm in the middle. I I have him like just inside of the wide receiver three territory. But it's a really good point that like it could easily go to Boyd, and he just has not broken out whatsoever. Um, my one of my favorite plays of the week. I've already put a bet on it. I really love. I kind of get this every single week. I find a wide receiver. I fall in love. Last week was Drake London. That did pay off. This week it's Zay Flowers. I've got Zay Flowers as a wide receiver one this week. I have him at twelve. Jake has him at twenty. Two, we got some big differences here. Arizona, if you want to talk about for fantasy, is giving up the most fantasy points to wide receivers over the last month. They're also giving up the most receiving yards and touchdowns over the last month. They are a disaster. PFFs, uh, quarterback wide receiver matchup. So the matchup the wide receiver has against a cornerback. Zay Flowers is given the fifth best matchup this week. Lamar Jackson is on an absolute heater. Zay Flowers is hands down the number one. I also went and looked. The number one wide receivers against the Cardinals have absolutely feasted. And you've got no secondary coverage that's going to help the wide receivers because you've got to pay attention to Lamar Jackson and running. Yes, this the only worry I have really is this team just runs on the Cardinals too much. Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards. But when that ball goes out, it's Zay Flowers. I don't know if I would play as a flowers catch prop, but I think Zay flowers could get this in two catches. He could get this one uh, as far as the receiving prop goes for this week. So I love that, but I also love him because the Cardinals get destroyed at wide receiver right now. And Lamar Jackson is throwing and everything is clicking. I love Zay flowers this week. What say you? I love Zay flowers. I like, I was on his overs like probably like a month straight because they were sitting at four in the 40 yard range, uh, you know, and he, he's a, he's such a bankable 50 plus yard guy. Every week it's 50, 60, 70 yards and five to seven catches. And those are against the tougher defense. As you mentioned, the deficiencies of Arizona, I absolutely agree. I actually think he could go over his receptions prop because he can, he can be used as a de facto run game as well. You can, complete a lot of easy passes to him and let him do his yards after the catch thing. And you can do that in a very conservative passing game as well. So even if they're playing with a lead, I think you can still incorporate him in there. I I love him and I I don't disagree with what you have to say. I don't have my ranking up on him, but I mean, he's a, he's a solid wide receiver too at worst for me. Yeah. Nancy's my number 12 for this week. I'm all in on him. Uh, you got a tight end sleeper for us. I think Trey McBride, you know, talking about the same game, Zach Ertz out of there. You look at McBride, you know, with Ertz in there for one and whatever, whenever he was out in the last game, he has had 11 targets his last two games. I just think this is a game where Arizona is going to have to throw the ball. Maybe, you know, some, some decent pressure coming. You're going to look to your tight end as a, a little bit. I mean, Zach Ertz was getting a lot of targets in this offense. Um, 
So with him out, it's Trey McBride's show. He's a talented guy. He was drafted high a couple of years ago. So now's time. I, I think he's probably a good candidate for seven, eight, nine targets. And that, you know, is somebody you could be willing to roll a dice on if you're in the back end of that tight end stream. Yeah. Shout out to that. Actually, uh, giving away a little bit Bogman and I play in the, the, the pentathlon I've talked about and we have to do DFS lineups this week. And we, uh, trade was one of the very first people we put in, just get your cheap tight end. Yeah. Um, he's going to get some targets. They're going to be playing from behind uh, Jake's got him at 20. So that does show you he's moving up. This is not a sleeper, but just want to point out all aboard Dalton Kincaid, but that is going, I guess tonight. Yeah. Uh, that's why I'm all aboard that, but top eight as far as a tight end goes. So that kind of changes the market a little bit. And that's it. Make sure you follow uh, Brandon on Twitter at Brandon Funston. You can follow me at Is It The Welsh. Go to theathletic.com. Get a subscription. You can check out all the great stuff that Brandon has to offer, that Jake has to offer outside of the candy takes, and <laughs> tons more. So go get yourself a subscription today. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Give a little rate and review if uh, wherever you listen allows you to do that. And we will be back again for week nine, ranks, waivers, and more. Thank you guys for hanging out with us right here on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. 